This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful, but brief. In this episode, we have Mateusz Bochenzak, Apps and Mobile Gaming Measurement at AppsFlyer. Mateusz, welcome to the BSFS podcast. Thank you so much, Art. It's great to be here. Terrific. Thank you for coming, Mateusz. Okay. One of the biggest causes of our fears and worries is uncertainty. Ask any app marketer what's in your mind more than anything else, and chances are you will hear something like, well, how well do I know what are the channels that bring me the most of my app users today? App attribution is important like never before. I know it may sound like a cliche, but it's true. In this episode, we have Mateusz to talk about the future of app attribution, where we stand today and where we're going to. But first, to start off, let's talk about you, Mateusz, first. What is your background in mobile tech? Once again, it's great to be here. Hello, everyone. Um, so my name is Mateusz Amati. In the mobile tech industry, I've been for now almost eight years. Um, started with uh, very early, right after uni, at the startup back then called N26, when I started learning in and out of the whole performance marketing. And trust me, things were much easier back then. Uh, Firebase was just entering uh, the whole space. And basically, you had to set up campaigns. Um, everything was very easy to measure when it comes to lifetime values. And that definitely caught my attention. Um, and not long after that, um, roughly, right, I took a break for one year to do my master's. Um, I um, was hired by Google, uh, where I grew from the account strategist on the um, overall mobile performance to um, being focused mainly on the gaming apps, uh, where I spent working with the top studios in EMEA, helping them with their performance marketing, acquiring new users, increasing lifetime value, and discussing analytics, export, and creative. Um, the next big challenge was... Um, Huge mass change that we that we see probably we'll, we'll be talking about it today. So a little earthquake by Apple and changing the paradigm to the privacy centric um, user um, attribution and, and uh, measurement, and that's why I joined AppSlyer because I believe that could be a very interesting adventure to be at. Um, so right now I'm helping studios here in the UK and Central Europe uh, with their uh, measurement setup as well as reaching their goals when it comes to the both paid and owned media. Well, that's uh, that's the journey for sure. Uh, it's not like every day I have a chance to talk with somebody who, so to speak, used to be behind the search bar of Google's search bar, you know, on the other end, uh, not the in, entire, you know, company, but the, the division responsible for advertising. Um, and yeah, uh, that small thing from Apple, quote unquote, small thing changed a lot of things in the industry reverberations are still here not that huge as used to be initially people are getting used to it, but yeah we will touch on that later a little bit um, now before talking about the future of attribution and the rest how would you characterize the state of mobile marketing today hmm all right that's actually a great great question because i think if you look at the last two years 
things change dramatically. And I would summarize it uh, in one sentence that the gold rush is over. So the huge uplifts that the whole industry experienced during COVID when unfortunately a, a big chunk of our society was locked uh, in their houses and households and basically for better or worse uh, doomed to, to um, have a mobile phone as their best friend. Uh, we saw a huge uh, uplift when it comes both into the installs, new users and revenue. However, that's now a song of the past. Um, currently, the, the state of mobile marketing is experiencing not to the extent as some of the industries, but also something I would characterize as COVID hangover. Uh, so a little bit of, um, I would say, less favorable uh, economic conditions. Um, I think we shouldn't be afraid to use this word, um, that we are getting into a, a more recessive state. Obviously, yeah. um, we the companies are more careful with uh, where and when, when they spend and that's why the measurement is so relevant right now because you cannot rely just on the organic uplift you need to be very laser focused when it comes to your to your campaigns um, and i would say one of the the big changes that also um, completely switched from from may 2021 to today is is the thing that you mentioned right so the the apple um, changes in the privacy centric. I think the idea behind is um, is very uh, relevant, and we should every every user should be in charge of their of their data. Absolutely. But that being said, it's also completely changed the way um, that the industry operates. Because let's face it, we are addicted to user level data insights, and now we need to learn in the new reality. Yeah, that's one of those things when we all get a chance to be on both sides, you know, uh, from let's say nine to five, you're uh, on the side of a marketer, you're on the you're being part of the uh, some um, app attribution team of the company and that news from Apple was a nightmare for you. Once you uh, finish with your job for that day, you become a regular person, a regular user, and you're on the other side, you may appreciate that effort because it's actually about your privacy. So I think it's helpful for all of us to try as best as we can keep both these perspectives and just realize that this is how it should be. Probably would be better if it happened sooner, a bit earlier. I'm not quite sure, but it is that it is. It happened at that point and we're moving forward with the recognition that this is the right order of things we have to adjust 100% i'm with you on this um, yeah yeah so um every app marketer has this notion of app user journey not journey to the moon or mars uh but the the journey that, that goes like this from the first touch point where people being introduced to the app uh and to the apps landing page on the app stores what are the most popular journeys today and which one of those deliver the best conversion rate, like the goal of every app marketer? Want to improve your app marketing skills? Know how to fight back mobile fraud? Or how to launch an influencer marketing campaign? You've got it all at the Business of Apps Insights. Opinion, how-tos, thought leadership, and analysis from global app and social media industry. Visit our insights section at businessofapps.com slash insights slash podcast. And now back to the show. 
Right. I think this question, um, so before maybe uh, jumping into the answer here, I want to like take us two steps back and sure. and say something that's that might be obvious, uh, but some, we tend to forget that. Like right now, the app marketing industry or the mobile apps industry, we became a mature industry. So, you know, it's 2023 um, in 2007, one um, quite famous guy in a in a black turtleneck came yeah. to the place and said, listen, that's a phone, that's that's internet and iPod in one. And then of course the, the Apple store um, was released. A lot has changed, the competition grew and it's not that getting featured on of any of the app stores will guarantee you a success. Now to what you mentioned about getting those uh, funnels, the conversion, uh, the conversion journeys, as well as the user behavior, that's become pretty complex thing. And depending on the vertical or genre that you operate in, you need to um, try to, first of all, be open to testing of different ways of acquiring those users. And here, I don't only mean uh, the paid marketing media, while of course, it's still a huge chunk of it, but we definitely see a surge of uh, user journeys, like for example, web to app. So trying to get users into the mobile web, ed educate them on the landing page, uh, and then convert them into the um, active users on a, uh, on a mobile app. We see a big surge of things like um, influencer marketing, uh, refer uh, referrals, user invites, and the whole owned media journeys um, are becoming more and more popular um, across the whole media mix. And I think that that would be the key, the key definition here that it has not become, um, so it, it used to be quite linear. Now we see multiple touch points. So uh, a multi, multi attribution um, and journeys that can be measured across various marketing, the marketing channels is the key to success because competition is fierce and the, and we as, a, as a, uh, app users, we became pretty demanding. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, I think it's like the trajectory of every, every ecosystem. As it evolves, it becomes more complicated, involves more, more moving parts, and um, the complexity just kicks in. And um, yeah, I, um, I would totally agree. I think uh, one of the most... Um, so to speak, unusual channels for me was that, like, I mean, people may uh, discover your app through discussion on Reddit, or they may stumble on, on your uh, app landing page on the App Store before reading an article somewhere. Uh, those channels, they still do work. We're not limited to paid advertising through the mega platforms like TikTok, Meta, or Google. And... Um, those channels are still contribute to the success of your app. They still drive the users to your uh, landing page in the app store. And they become your users, ideally loyal users, to stay with you. And actually, quickly yeah. to add to that, you mentioned something very important. So you, so so when you said about the loyal users and the channel uh, diversification, I think that's that's what we also see now in twenty twenty three. It's a lot kind of. Going back to basics, so to say. So, so re reminding ourselves about the fundamentals, like why we create certain products, in this case, mo mobile apps, and what really makes the user tick and uh, wanting to to stay and use our um, our mobile apps. 
which also would kind of change a little bit um i think the focus from the um from the metrics like you know um cpis uh, ipms which obviously are quite relevant when it comes to the marketing at scale but in the end i think we're going to see more and more um, blended metrics uh, so where it's a time where basically we see both non organic and organic metrics um so the top funnel as well as the, as the bottom up approaches mixing and trying to to go into a bit more of the mixed marketing modeling um side but mm -hmm. we can definitely also a bit more how how the measurement changed now um in the recent months gotcha uh switching the gears cross promotion um i remember this notion was introduced to me gosh years ago 2013 2012 when i was in the app marketing team and uh you know um game studios who came to us they were um the cross promotion was on their radar back then because uh, you know clever folks realized that promoting between the game portfolio between the uh, games and their portfolio was quite good thing to tap and uh, that was really beneficial for their uh, bottom line in the light of apple's att framework today how does it work now cross promotion right yes definitely um what you mentioned the the term that has been within the industry for a little longer than a while uh, however in, in the last months it uh, really got a, a bit more of a, of a buzzword you know the content fortresses we see a massive m a in the industry basically uh, bigger players acquiring smaller players um, the vertical integration and all for the fact that they can cross promote different apps and games within those mega companies or, or mega corporates um and i believe that definitely then that that can be uh, that's uh, something that we we definitely see um is getting more and more attention um we are being asked by our clients to develop certain products like cross lifetime value um i know that some of the companies actually adopt different metrics for example not a retention metrics for just one game or app but the portfolio retention right so so let's say if a certain user lifetime value is, is ending within a certain app, why not basically invite her or him into a different app or game from the same family? Um, those metrics are, can be um, very, very relevant. What I think the biggest challenge is right now um, is still on the A, measurement front and B, uh, on the platform rules. And I think that's that's gonna be. I've just was just reading the um, the article regarding regarding Voodoo and the um, the idea of the of the cross promotion of the games, what's allowed and what's not. So I feel like all those changes are still in the forming storming stage. Mm -hmm. However, we don't have a clear. Um, I would say a clear, for for lack of the better world, but agreement across the industry. What is still still allowed uh, within the within identifying the users across the portfolio, um, you know, if in the lack of ID of IDFA uh, on the iOS side, um, is is the vendor identifier sufficient for that? Um, but we can definitely see more and more experimentation and ask from from our clients that want to understand the lifetime value of a cross promo across a portfolio uh, of their apps and games. Um, and that's going to be a theme of 2023 for sure. 
Yeah, uh, measuring LTV by definition is something you're doing in the, in, during the long period of time. And when platforms change the rules, uh, kind of a mid-air in terms of measuring LTV from your uh, game project, which can, you know, which may involve hundreds of thousands of dollars to develop and promote, uh, that's a challenge. Um, and it's not necessarily something that is challenging for a big studio, but for a small company as well, because the bottom line is that um, LTV, this is kind of a core uh, part, part and parcel of your uh, strategy to develop sustainable business in the long run. Now, uh, my next question is uh, regarding one of those uh, three-letter acronyms. Uh, I don't mean MI6 or CIA. I'm talking about CTV, which stands for Connected TV. Um, I cut the cord probably like eight, eight years ago, switched to you know consuming content on Netflix, YouTube, uh, iTunes. Uh, and so many people did the same thing. Uh, Connected TV is a pretty big part of the uh, content consumer ecosystem and as well as advertising um, universe, so to speak. So um, attribution connected TV to mobile, uh, what's interesting in this space right now? Yeah, I, I really love that, that you asked about that because that was one of my favorite things as it goes in the line of this channel diversification and really creative thinking when it comes to the marketing strategy, really um, expanding it from just up to up discussion. But it goes in line with how we consume media. Exactly what you said, Art, like so many people cut the cord um, and, and they want to have a certain um, products and videos on demand, stream, streamable at any given point. But obviously, the brands that produce those uh, those topics need a way to measure that. So interestingly enough, just the last, um, when we look at the 2022, just from the second half of this year, we saw a, an increase of more than 20% of clicks and installs when it comes to the connected TV to mobile uh, experiences, which obviously means that within um, the space, we'll see um, first of all, a result that uh, a CTV can bring compared to a traditional TV or radio attribution, um, and then more personalized content. Um, and what I really uh, do strongly believe uh, that's that's going to be a big change when around the the CTV is that with the fast growing pace and the more platforms av available like Roku, Samsung, PlayStation, uh, we are entering an era of, first of all, cross-device measurement. Uh, and the way we consume media will, will won't be now really focused on one specific device, like only on the mobile phone, only on your TV or, or laptop, um, or maybe your console. But you are, as a, as a customer, you are um, expecting the same experience across all the devices um, in your home. And I think, uh, CTV to mobile is just another step in stitching across this whole user journey, having this truly holistic um, omni-channel experience. Um, so I'm a, I'm personally a big fan of it, and I would highly encourage any of the of the uh, listeners that their brand uh, is also um, trying to promote on the connected TV platforms to try it out. Yeah, because. Um... 
I know personally, kind of on anecdotal level, I can tell you that I've seen so many um, cases when I see people watching something on Netflix and they grab their phone to look up some information, uh, just like a regular stuff, look up the character in the movie or something maybe, maybe even not related. Uh, I'm sorry to say people may do the two things are not related to each other, like, you know, checking their Instagram uh, stream or something on TikTok while watching the movie. I'm not sure how, uh, what are they, um, are they capable to get the best from the both at this moment, but this is how things are going these days. And for brands, it's definitely an interesting situation when they have a chance to be introduced on those two channels. And it used to be a novel thing. Now I believe it's quite common because just like we were saying, the number of people who are switching to connected TV is growing. The number of people who are having uh, been connected, being plugged to the mobile is growing as well. So the whole ecosystem and this attribution between these two big platforms is growing as well. So yeah, yeah that's definitely very uh, interesting and encouraging. Exactly. And I think um, you mentioned here a very important trend that we see already for for years that but it's only kind of getting even even more magnified which is um a demand so that we when we consume any type of content we demand it to be real time so we don't really want to wait now let's say to that's when what you mentioned when the certain episode ends or when we're gonna get back home we want right now and want to be as relevant as possible and that's exactly what connected tv can help you with like imagine that you're watching uh your one of your favorite um travel series and you're thinking you know what that's i actually need to book a holiday somewhere and then basically having uh having an ad that's relevant to you um can only help to to facilitate those connections between brands and, and consumers <laughs> in the real time and the most um impactful way because that's also gonna be uh for me at least a very telling experience that a lot of advertising and marketing in 2023 will be based on the context so a lot of contextual clues and that's exactly where where ctv also is placed uh, within this wider trend yeah that's a great point because uh, the moment you get an inspiration for something uh the chances are this is exactly when you're consuming some content and it gives you an idea. And the best moment to tap that interest, that uh, engagement is right there at that moment, let, not later. So yeah, that's a great uh, way of brands to be relevant right at that moment. Um, Mateusz, is there something about your field that you re really like to change? You know, one thing or two, probably something systemic, uh, like you would like things being different in that in that regard um yes definitely i mean there are multiple things i would love to change and i and i think that's also part of part of it why we're all in this industry right um trying to to kind of um well put uh, put our put our money where, where our mouth is and mm -hmm. try try to change those things but if i really have to think about one uh, that's that's really bugging me lately um is the fact that I think as a whole industry, we failed a bit, uh, the end users, and we are also the end users, in translating the value of having this personalized content and, and everything we talked about before. Um, because right now, I think we kind of woke up in a situation when we think that you know any type of tracking, measurement, user-level data, 
is always harmful to the customer, but it's not always um, the truth, right? I mean, we, we all prefer a personalized ad compared to something that's completely unrelated to, to what you want. We all want to be exposed um, with uh, kind of like a, a, a free content that can be also goes in line with uh, with our values, with our with our beliefs, um, and 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 our lifestyle. And I think here as an industry, we really um, didn't let's say help the users to understand how the this mutual contract goes when it comes to the um, to let's say I don't know the ads shown shown in the in the apps, and that's why. The, the whole discussion right around the privacy was a bit bit blurred. However, I'm very happy to see um, that a lot of the industry and the players and partners are trying to create better and safer digital experiences um, across across the whole industry. Which means, for example, regaining so, so, so giving back control of the user level data to the users. Uh, and I think the big change I would really wish to see is that um, the industry as a whole should kind of finish the grief moments of the, oh, but it used to be so much easier. And, you know, we had all the data from each of the users. I'd rather start adapting and experimenting with those new frameworks. Like, for example, the um, scan, now scan 4.0 is basically a pretty complex um, and complete solution, which which can be utilized on the aggregate level, which is really, we don't need any other information than than the one that, that the user agreed to gives us. And we can still create a very meaningful, meaningful connections with the end users when it comes to the brands, apps, um, trying to uh, to reach out, to reach to the to the relevant audiences. So so summarizing like one big change I would love to see is to, is to more and more brands are fully not only not only tolerating but mm -hmm. also embracing the the new aggregate and privacy centric reality rather than trying to avoid the topic uh, because i think that's 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 where the future is for all the good reasons terrific point uh, mateos um i think as the whole industry is growing and become mature more and more um, we're, we're getting there. We're getting to the point where um, all major players, like the whole industry, will recognize this is the right thing to do. This is how things should happen. And when I say mature, I partially mean not, not only, you know, um, just the whole industry um, as, as a notion, but people who are involved become older. Because, you know, I, recently I listened to Tony Fidel interview um, when he was asked, uh, why do you think the tech industry wasn't so irresponsible in terms of, you know, privacy, data collection? And he said one thing that really struck me, which was, you know, um, there's always a difference when people become married, get kids, they become way more responsible. Before that moment, they may realize that that's the right thing to do, but just it doesn't they, they don't get it on that level. So as time goes by, naturally, these people <laughs> become family, uh, they become fathers, they become husbands and wives. So yeah, I, I, I hope that this is the trend we're moving forward to quite naturally. But yeah, one will hope that that whole uh, industry wide recognition will be you know, come realities faster. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I think 
that's that's exactly the mindset we should all um all embrace that basically it's not just a couple of fanatics doing something in their spare time but this is a major industry that's basically um most of the you know tier one countries that are using uh, mobile phones is very often one of the uh, you know one of the main channels when it comes to even financing in the, in the developing countries access to the capital access accessibility to the internet and that's if, if we don't act responsibly here um i think to be honest there's no other way than than, than just uh, embrace it and, and as you said do the right thing right okay we finished the first part of the show and there is a second one coming up and this is my chance to ask a few quick questions every guest i have on the show so people who are listening to us uh, know my guest better here we go okay. uh what smartphone do you have now um having been switching between these two giants ios and android or just preferring one side all the time no well, i have to admit i'm an apple fanboy this is the this iPhone 10, so I'm I'm not the one that that gets the new iPhone whenever it's released, you know, the uh, the same day, but uh, definitely a, a huge huge admiration for the for the product excellence that Apple Apple here um, shows us. Got you. Okay, uh, back in the day when smartphone didn't exist, we used to have these flip phones. Uh, do you remember your first mobile phone from that part? Definitely, that's also where I, that was my first uh, mobile gaming experience. That was Nokia 3310 and a famous snake game, which I think uh, was um, a big part why I really wasn't paying attention uh, at the school. Uh, it was one of the most engaging games ever. Uh, so yes, so that, that was uh, a Finnish, Finnish giant back then, uh, Nokia 3310. Gotcha, yeah, that famous snake game for sure. Okay, imagine uh, right now you left your home and for whatever reason you left your uh, iPhone at home. When you're out, what's what would be the most missing feature for you? Yeah, and this is hard to admit um, because I, I strongly believe I have amazing sense of orientation, but uh, my girlfriend would probably tell that we straight away the Google Maps uh, or any navigation app uh, that we can't rely too much on my on my ego feeling that I know uh, where to go when and where to drive. So I think uh, the na navigation uh, in the phone is just brilliant. Gotcha. Yeah, we the scientists are still trying to figure out how birds navigate, but we know for sure how people navigate. The answer is simple: Google Maps. Uh, <laughs> what new technologies are you most excited about at this point? Um, Perhaps you look at this, not probably not your uh, smartphone at this point, but smartphone in general. Uh, what do you think it's missing right now? Hardware, software, or both? Mm. Yeah, good question. I, um, I'm i a strong believer in the in the whole AI trend. I think uh, the, the recent improvements we see, even with the chat GTP, um, how it can actually um, basically take away a certain mundane task and that's what I think uh, a lot of opportunity is and and I and also heard like different voices saying oh it's gonna take away our jobs and it's gonna uh, well it's gonna be a doom of humanity 
I strongly believe the opposite. Like I think it can only enrich um, the things we do and actually let us focus on on the really important creative parts um, rather than than doing something that's that's well that's just just uh, annoying and, and we and we don't don't like to do it. So so I think there is definitely a room to to coexist. Um, and and it's always a good example. I remember that I heard it a couple of years back. You know how the whole AI works was uh, the the example of the ATMs, and uh, that all the bank tellers were saying, "Oh, that's that's the worst thing that can happen. How the machine can give away the money? Those are jobs. Those in 1970s." The thing is, the number of bank tellers as a jobs just increased, and their job expanded to a different areas. And such a mundane task as cutting as counting the dollars and giving them away was basically put into the into the ATM machine. And I and I strongly believe that with the um, yeah ethical and and responsible use of AI, that's that's where we're going. And and I hope that more and more of those of those type of technology and trends we'll see um, in, in making our lives better, also when it comes to the smartphones. Exactly. Tools are tools. It's all about people all the time and how responsible they are. Before I let you go, very, very final question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Sure. So um, if you are interested in the new trends in measurement, if you are interested into how to get the most out of your marketing channels, be the paid or owned media, deep linking, Feel free to shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me or you can actually contact any of our team members at upflyer.com. Uh, we are more than happy um, to, to support you and help you out with you have any quest to the correct and accurate data in the mobile um, ecosystem. Great. Mateusz, thank you so much for your time and spending this uh, evening with us. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Art. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. And that was Mateusz Bochenzak, Apps and Mobile Gaming Measurement at Apps Flyer. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We're list episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we're listed. And please don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.